0: What is going on, everybody? Welcome <laughs> back to another episode of Mid-Major Madness. I'm here with my good friend and co-host, Ethan, along with two special guests for today. We got Nick Lorenzen from Mid-Major Madness back again. Uh, we had him on for a previous episode. Loved our time with him, so we decided to invite him back. And we got SoCon John, who talks about the SoCon. Guys, how are we doing?
1: Doing well. I'm doing great.
2: Ethan? I'm good can't complain. John, you? I'm doing great. This is our fifth time
0: trying to make this work. <laughs> <laughs> We've had so many technical issues from everyone, but hey, we're here. We're happy, um, and we're gonna we're gonna get this started off a bang. But before we get started, actually, we gotta gotta pay the dues first. We're gonna allow you guys to talk about your socials a little bit. So, on John, you major madness. Let's hear it. Twitter stuff. Any information that you guys want to give out?
1: You're on. Yeah, um, mine's just at SoCon John 22 um, and obviously, like Nick, I, I write for uh, Mid-Major Madness, and I'm looking forward to talking to some basketball tonight. Yes, sir. Mine are of Sports, N-L-O-R-E-N-S-E-N Sports,
3: and
2: I also run the Mid-Major Madness Twitter, Mid-Under-Madness.
0: And Ethan, you want to go over ours quickly?
2: Well, as per usual, our main social is Madness. Over the next month or so, we are going to be revamping our Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, all of that. So look for that to be coming. But yeah, at H- Madness, we love interacting with fans. And before we get into the episode, we have a huge announcement. Huge an- we- announcement, baby. Either- we have partnered with MatchBet, MatchBet's partners. We are a partner of the sportsbook, 18 plus to join. It's an offshore sportsbook, completely legal in the United States every single country unless the country is outlawed gambling so don't use it if you're in one of those but use our link in our bio code match and that will get you your deposit doubled up to $500 preferably use our code so that we can benefit as well as you and that way hey you make money we make money we're all happy college basketball season is under 160 days away why While- don't you Illinois to win the national championship now
0: you know it's coming Uh, that would be really unfortunate that happened but it would not be unfortunate if you use our code if you're into gambling if you love college basketball um yeah use it I know Ethan and I will be 18 plus and we'll be using it next season so we hope you will too all right without further delay let's get right into this episode so we got a lot to talk about we got a lot of teams a lot of moves happening this offseason I think we started with asking everyone real quickly who their projected favorite is to win the conference next year, starting off with SoCon. John, who's your favorite? Why?
1: I mean, you got to go with Furman, right? Uh, they bring Mike Bothwell back and Jalen Slauson. Um, they're, they're two guys that obviously got some NBA draft uh, information and, and stuff they can use going forward into their COVID season. And not to mention they, they probably got the biggest recruit in their history. If you go back and look at, uh, since they've been tracking uh, 24-7 or whatever, and Carter Witt from Wake Forest. Uh, I think he was like the number 63 player in the country when he came out and actually joined up with Steve Forbes up in Winston-Salem. So I would say Furman. I don't know if you guys agree or not.
3: Uh, next, you got your opinion?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's the
3: obvious pick. Furman, they return essentially everyone. And they had, once again, another great season under Bob Ritchie. But um, – But, I mean, Sanford, Sanford middle – there was something about Sanford in the middle of the week at home last year. They just seemed to win, like, every midweek game. They'd have outstanding crowds down there. And today it was announced that they would get Quest Glover to return. They got a big transfer a couple weeks ago. It was another guard. I can't think of who it It's
1: Bubba Parham from – Yeah,
3: Bubba Parham. He was at VMI, uh, Georgia Tech, I want to say. Those are the two schools. Mm -hmm. So that's not that backcourt's going to be nasty, and then another team, Chattanooga, they lose everyone. But the thing is, they're just everyone they're losing. They're getting yeah. pretty much VMI's team plus. <laughs> VMI was supposed to be good for once; they were finally on the right trajectory. And Chattanooga go get uh, goes and poaches Dan Earl from uh, VMI, and he will be over there in Chattanooga. So those are the three teams that I'd really keep an eye on in the the top of the league going into next season.
2: And just you two have foreshadowed the three teams that we were planning on talking about the most.
0: (laughs) Hey, but in my opinion, I was looking at Sanford and Furman. I think Chattanooga is still going to be good next year. I don't know if they're going to have the quality to be the regular season or postseason champions, but I was doing some research, and when I learned that Carter Witt was going to be a paladin for Furman, I knew that they're going to win because Carter went in high school. Um, I know it's not the best to you know say well when that guy was in high school, but considering he was a borderline five star and dominated in North Carolina, and is going to the SoCon, which you know is not you know is not a Power Six conference, right? He's going to play scarily well, and I think that they're going to have a really high level team uh, next year for Furman. Now, could other teams win it? This is mid-major basketball, of course, but you know, I think it's a pretty solid consensus that Furman's got the team to win it. But you know, we talked about a few teams there, and we talked about Chattanooga, and what do you guys think this team's outlook is going to be like? Because they've had a significant amount of change, right? Mm-hmm. Do we know
1: that this VMI team swap essentially is going to work? I mean, what are you what are you guys' thoughts? I, I mean, I really. I think that Jake Stevens can work in Dan Earl's offense anywhere. I'm not sure that he can work outside of Dan Earl's offense anywhere. And, and the motion offense they're going to run at Chattanooga is going to be really similar to what Bob Ritchie runs at Furman. And so they use him essentially like Jalen Slosson is used for Furman. And so that, that he's kind of like the, the key cog in the wheel that makes it g- the go, really. He, he gets a lot of assists. He's a good passer. He can shoot. Um, he makes you guard him all over the floor. And I think that's what makes him dangerous in that offense. I, I I wonder if if you know, when he did enter the transfer portal and decided to to, to go to Chattanooga, if he, he considered going outside of um you know, sort of his comfort zone in that offense and and, and but he ended up back in, in Chattanooga and with his uh, head coach. Yeah, I mean Jake so, Lee-
3: Oh yeah. Yeah, Jake Stevens. I mean, he's only been growing every year. I talked to him <laughs> right after he committed to uh, Chattanooga, and I believe it was a three ball he told me that he was going to work on. The thing that I'm worried about with Chattanooga is, for all these coaches, it's a brand new environment. Uh, there's, there's no VMI is one of the most unique places you can can uh, yeah. recruit to because they have no grad school. It's a military academy. So you have that added on to that. It's just that this is the first time a lot of those guys are really going to be able to use grad transfers and just mm-hmm. the transfer portal in general. So, I mean, it they've, they're they really navigating a completely different thing over there in Chattanooga. That's the only thing I really am worried about with them. But Jake Stevens, he I, – I, I would possibly say he's my favorite for
1: uh, player of the year heading into next season. I mean, I think – I think that I would agree with you because I think that the guys for Furman that I would put on there would probably cancel each other out. Although (laughs) this is – I heard Bob Ritchie speaking on his podcast the other day. He got – Jalen Slauson got some feedback from the NBA, and they told him he was was good enough now with his – see, they do all these crazy analytics. So – his, like, blocks to steals ratio was, like, 3%, which in the NBA they said that he could start right now defensively as a player in the NBA with that, wow. kind, with that kind of ratio. It's his offensive game that he's got to work on. But I, I just find that fascinating. But I think Jake Stevens, what he does in so many areas, not that, that, that Jalen Slawson doesn't, um, I just think that Slauson's main area of focus and, and the reason why he was the SoCon Defensive Player of the Year I think in Stevens, you got the best offensive post.
0: Here's my thing, real quickly, ladies and gentlemen. For those who don't know about Jake Stevens, he is a 6'10", three-point sniper. He took five three-point attempts a game last season and made 49%. Five three-point attempts a game at 6'10", and made 49% of them. I don't know why he's working on his three-ball, because that's – that's one of the most miraculous stat lines ever. <laughs> in my life. It, was life. it was his mid range.
3: It was his mid range.
0: Oh, sorry, his mid range. Sorry. Did you yeah, say three more? I, ball I messed mid-range? that up. Oh, sorry. Um, I, he he's arguably the best shooter in the country, arguably, and yeah, arguably yeah. the best yeah. passer for yeah. Bigman in the country. He had he had three assists per over three assists per game last season. Over three assists per game, um, the season before he did have like two and a half turnovers. I think off the top of my head. So that's a little scary. I, I want to get. I it. think
1: that like. Slauson was like fifth in the country in steals as a, as a, as a six, seven forward. That's like, ins-
0: that's ridiculous. I mean, what, When my thing with Slauson is, I mean, not Slauson, sorry. My thing with Stevens is, is he's a little immobile for my liking, even though I got two blocks a game last season. I think if he can stay out of foul trouble for the whole season, he wasn't the worst at hacking, but you know, he got, he got himself in the foul <laughs> trouble. I think if he stays out a foul trouble, keeps on knocking down the three ball like he does and can get those turnovers down, he can make a he can make a run for maybe even making an all American team. Because he he had some numbers last season that were just flat out ridiculous.
1: You almost get the feeling that he's gonna have to to be the guy more the guy this year at Chattanooga because they don't have Malachi Smith anymore. But I think a guy that that probably is off the radar. I don't know know if you guys are familiar with uh, I believe his name's Randy Bra- or Brady the, the guard, um who I think he's from Hamilton County right there in Chattanooga. He was actually a three-star and a four-star maybe by somebody, and he actually ended up coming to Chattanooga as a guard. He sat out last year as a redshirt. I'm interested to see what kind of impact he'll have. Wow. Yeah, that's going to be really high impact. I mean, I didn't even know what that guy was, to be honest with you. Um,
0: (laughs) If he's ranked by a lot of sites as a three-star or four-star, he's going to have a very valuable contribution. And, you know, my thing is Chattanooga is losing not only – their coach to South Carolina, but they're losing their three top scorers. I know they got Jake Stevens coming in. I know they have the player you just mentioned, but Malachi Smith gone. He's most likely going to Gonzaga. You oh. got David Batiste. I don't think he's coming back. He's a fifth year player, right? <laughs> right. I don't know. He's
1: played for like 13 years.
3: So he's been there forever
1: um mm. yeah but he's I, I we're all we're all sure he's gone. no he's not coming he can't he doesn't have any yellow yeah. that was and a joke LVL,
0: um de Souza is gone right this is fifth year too right right mm. right um. so yeah those three guys gone so that's just a lot of change for me um we'll we'll see how they adjust you know daniel ran a great uh, ran a great offense at chattanooga had a great i mean not not chattanooga sorry bmi had a great system so We'll see. I have trust, but I don't know how much trust I have. Here's but- the
1: thing about Brady, the guy I mentioned. He was a 2019 20 finalist for Mr. Basketball in the state of Tennessee. He mm-hmm. was. He's a, he is a three star prospect. He averaged 20.3, 8.7, 4.7 assists, and 2.4 steals. And let's see, he was, uh, okay, so runner, he chose UTC over Florida, Ohio State, Ole Miss, Vanderbilt, among others.
0: That's
3: that's what I like to hear.
0: That's impressive. That's a mid major. That's some, that's a mid major madness right there. <laughs>
3: Love that yeah.
0: stuff. Um, so another team that I wanted to mention um is UNC Greensboro. Yeah. They got a, they got transferred very recently. Um, I think it was Makil Brown Jones from VCU. Yeah. Um, he was he was I don't know how much of a value I don't know how valuable the integrity was at VCU, but the point is if you're getting a guy from the A10 with a, from a program like that. That's a that's a, it's usually a good thing, <laughs> but um, is Dante Cunningham staying? I just want I just want to clarify quickly. Is he
1: staying? Do you guys know? Is is who's staying? I'm sorry. Dante Cunningham from Quincy uh, Greensboro. Oh, uh, Demonte uh, Buckingham. Um, no, he was out of eligibility, but they did they they did pick up. Is it Keandre Allen from? Uh, Keandre is, I think Kennedy. It's UNB. It's- yeah, Keandre it's, Kennedy from UMBC, who's like their leading scorer last year, I believe. Yeah, he's really
3: good. He won Sixth Man of the Year two years ago, I want to say. He's a really good three-point shooter, really shifty around the court. He's transferred into UMBC from Lebec Community College in uh, Louisiana, I want to say it was, mm-hmm. but he came in right away. He made an impact. He's 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 he played every game. He's consistent. Yeah. He makes he had shots.
1: 14 against UNCG last year, I believe.
3: Yeah, uh, he's, all, he's not going to put up like dazzling, like humongous numbers, but he's going to put up double digits every game and he's going to shoot effectively for you guys for, uh, for UNCG. So we got sorry, what was, that, what was that person's
0: name again? Sorry, I didn't hear the name. Well.
2: Kennedy, uh, yeah. Condia,
0: Condia Kennedy, and um, you got Brown Jones coming in. So I am interested to see what the rest of this team looking the way it was last year as a stifling good defense. Um, do you think that you guys, do you think their offensive contributions can make a significant difference for this team? Because if this team could have just like made <laughs> back it last year, they would have been very high level. So I'm, I'm curious to see what you guys think about that.
1: I I think I had, like, I would have them borderline, you know, I, it wouldn't shock me that if they went into the tournament, you know, the the second or third seed. I mean, I, they're that good defensively. I think Mike Jones is one of the most underrated college basketball coaches 100%. in the nation he went yeah. to radford and who, who was on probation i think after uh, seth greenberg's son had let led them there and they were you know one of the worst teams in division one and he completely transformed and took that program to heights it's never seen It'd be touched for crying out loud like the like, yeah. program is ridiculous and if you've ever been to Radford, Virginia, you'll know how amazing that story is because I yeah, don't know
3: how he recruited. <laughs> it's about 20 miles from Blacksburg. Yeah, middle of nowhere.
1: So, and, and I and I just think, you know, just just watching, uh, he he kind of had to play the the cards he was dealt last year, but he did go out and get a couple guys and Tracy and Demonte Buckingham who were enough to give them the time. I think they beat the top five teams in the league last year. Uh, If I'm not mistaken, they may have beat everybody at least once, but um, that that's that's pretty solid, especially when you consider who they lost. And Isaiah Miller, who, you know, is the probably the best defensive player and and overall athlete in in the, you know, the past two decades in the SoCon.
0: He was a hell of a player on defense. Um, And, you know, speaking of defense, defending our country. Um, we talked about Chattanooga, but we didn't talk about BMI as much. Yep. And I don't, I don't even know if they got anyone like particularly
1: valuable in return from the transfer portal. Do we even know,
0: I don't, I don't do we know their coaches? I think it's. Yeah.
1: Um, they just hired, um, their coach. He's a, he was an assistant at, uh, I want to say James Madison was, the, is right. So, yeah, um, he, um, and if you know anything about James Madison, they were coach, I believe By Mark Byington, who used to coach Georgia Southern, and Mm -hmm. Byington, you know, it started his career actually at College of Charleston under Bobby Crimmins. So, and when he wasn't, he was an interim coach there, and then he didn't get the job at CFC. So then he takes over, and and so he's kind of the new guy. Um, and the name escapes me right now, but uh, the new guy at VMI is going to be somebody that comes in and, and is very, I think he's a, a young go-getter, an enthusiastic type coach, and I, I think he'll be somebody that maybe won't turn it around right away, but to be quite honest, VMI was very, very patient with Dan Earl and letting him do what he did, and, and I think that paid off. We'll, we'll see if that the same holds true uh, for the new head coach there in, in Lexington, Virginia. That would be Andrew Wilson. Yeah, if- Andrew I, I don't want to say Andrew Jackson because <laughs> <laughs> I kept thinking that, so that's why I did But yes, Andrew Wilson from um, near the mouth of Wilson, Virginia, um, and James Madison. Um, and if you guys I know followed it, James Madison was quite a story last year in their own right. Yep. yep.
0: My thing is, is I think this team is going to be Western Carolina level bad. <laughs> I didn't want to be too pessimistic, but you're losing your your program, essentially, your top four scores, and you're losing your coach who brought your program up from the dirt. Not I maybe mean, not the dirt, but, you know, not the best. I think they're going to be around the, you know, Western Carolina area. I don't think they're going to be good, by the way. I don't even know if we get to start, talk about Western Carolina. Cause I from...
3: like them this year. Really? Hey, I'd that's like interesting. To... Why, why do you say that? They're good. They got a couple of transfers. Yeah. I, think I want to say one's Russell Jones from Winthrop. Mm-hmm. I definitely like – they're on the right trajectory up um you know i think citadel is going to be very bad it's
1: really hard yeah, to I, I, places but, as well. yeah the citadel you know it, it's going to be i think it's going to be a tough year for them i'm not sure i don't know if you guys agree if if, if going away from you know what duger Balkan was 100%. I don't think he built a consistent winner but you said it i didn't say it <laughs> I, it, I'm very mad about that. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm not happy about it either. I mean, I, I because I think I don't like. I went down there for when they played Furman the, the final regular season game, and there is absolutely no support behind that program. So how could they <laughs> expect him to do any more than he did? I mean that that's that's my defense and kind of soapbox for Duke of Balkomi. Ball- Ball- not to mention, I think his his style of basketball was enough off-kilter, that it kept teams – it was sort of like facing the option in football, right? Um, Yeah, like how are you going to get more entertaining than that? And, I mean, you're not going to
3: win in that program to to begin with. I mean, he did consistently well enough where they dominated in non-conference and they got double-digit wins. But it's just – they just have a unique disadvantage to the other SOCON
1: teams. I want to get you guys' thoughts on Mercer and Greg Gary because – You know, the first year he knocked the ball out of the park, I thought, with even with a 17 and 15 year, I think they had they, they beat, they were the only team to win at ETSU in conference play at at ETSU. Now, Furman beat him at home, but um, I thought he overachieved that year and Mercer overachieved that year. But since then, he's had to deal with injuries to Neftali Alvarez and just really. Uh, i would say just a continuity issues and it's it's not that they have bad players and they couldn't win big games it was just they couldn't do it consistently
3: yeah i mean they had they got alvarez from fairfield and i'm like all right i think they're finally going to be good they're going to come back up and then he kept getting hurt and now felipe jose is gone he's actually still in the
2: portal i'm shocked that
3: no one's picked him up so well, to be fair
2: for the portal i saw insane statistic i think it's like Out of every player that's entered it, only 50, I think it's just under 51%, have actually found a new home.
3: But this kid's an elite player. I think this kid could start at about 90% of Power 5 schools. He does everything on both sides of the ball. He's a really good player. I'm really shocked that he's still out there. He's originally a South Carolina kid. Yeah. After two years, really tore it up. I want to say he averaged a double-double. Or close enough at Mercer. He, he
1: was. He was a. Now you want to talk about? Look at his shooting number. I, if I'm not mistaken, as a three point shooter, he was like forty some. Like
0: 41 percent.
1: Yeah. So like he was in in the same ballpark as like a Jake Stevens. Yes. In terms of very humble. And, and he had a. He had the only forty point game of the year in the Southern Conference that came at Winthrop early in the season. Mm-hmm.
0: I think that this team. Unless Felipe uh, Asay comes back, is gonna struggle because I'm pretty sure Jalen Johnson isn't coming back. It seems like he's a five year guy that doesn't have any more eligibility left. So that's like I think 28 points per but game. But have you
1: seen back. like that? That some of the guys they've actually signed, they've signed like a like a, a bunch of guys. I mean, like. They, uh, and from the portal, both from the portal as well as uh, high school four year guys. Um, so I think they had like I want to say they sound like nine or ten, like, or like they, they added nine or ten, if I'm not yeah, mistaken.
3: They got Jalen McCreary, another South Carolina guy who played, I want to say, at USF the last year or mm-hmm, mm-hmm. two. Yeah, Luis that's another good one. Uh, he was a
1: four-star, player. I believe, coming out of high school. If I'm not,
3: yeah, he went to UAB, and then he did really well at Brian. He was one of their stars there. Jalen
1: Cobb's a guy I think that that could come in and oh. be a, an impact player.
3: He's uh, yeah, Fordham. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was really good at Fordham. He's one of those guys where you're gonna look back and it's, yeah, it's say, why can't Fordham get guys like that." But yeah,
0: <laughs> he... and then, um, uh, oh, speaking. Of, sorry, speaking of those guys. Who do you guys think for Mercer next year is going to be able to fill the role of of Felipe Hase and Jalen Johnson?
1: I think it's got to be either. It's got to be Shannon Grant. Um, He's kind of a developmental big guy. He's huge. The guy is an absolute monster. If he can just get some skill around the basket. um, He had several games. I, I think he had a game where he went off for like 23 and 12 and, Against I believe VMI in conference play, which is kind of shocking since he, it would have been against Jake Stevens. Um, but also, I think uh, maybe a little bit of an underrated player, James Gleason the third. I think he's a guy that has kind of been in the shadow of, of Felipe Jase and uh, maybe like last year Jalen Johnson too. So like I think I think he could be a guy that steps up and, and really has a nice year
0: uh Gleason one of my friends from school actually saw him play growing up from DeCarter I think and Mm -hmm. you know he's a guy that's not gonna be ridiculously good but um I believe in the COVID year 2020-2021 he shot over 40 percent from three um he's a good shooter for his size he's a little big this guy I think he averaged double digit points per game this season kept his turnovers relatively low and he only got 27 minutes a game now that I'm looking at it so you know, this is a guy who can definitely fill the role of Flavio Hase. I don't know if he's going to be nearly the passer he is, but depending on how well he is on defense and if he can keep his shooting up if he gets more volume, I think he can be pretty good. That was going to be my pick. Um, yeah, I think Gleason's going to be a good player next year. But we have some more teams to go over. Speaking of uh, teams that are rebuilding, Um us sorry about Wofford, actually. I wouldn't say they're rebuilding, but they are – Keeping their best player, their go-to yeah, guy. That's
1: about it. Yeah. What do um, you guys
0: think um, this means for their team? Even though they had another key player leave for Wisconsin, I believe.
1: Max Klusman. Yeah. Um, yeah. Max. What, they, had, what they have? Six. Guys? Like it was like a six days in a row. They, I think, or five days, something like that. They had a guy leave. Um, so yeah, like They all decided to go. Uh, <laughs> It was like there was some sign-up sheet or somewhere, and they saw, all signed up. So I don't know exactly what went on, but that was su- surprising to me because that that's happened at Wofford, but it's usually been in a situation like with Storm Murphy to go, you know, play like, for Mike Young for, when his last year, or you know, the other situation was out west with Chavez Goodwin um, when he went to had the opportunity to go play at USC. So. It it was somewhat odd that all those guys left. And I, from what I heard from pretty good sources, if Messiah Jones had not been injured this year and had to miss the whole year, he was gone too. So, But because he had to miss the whole year, that kind of locked him in at Wofford. I wonder why. I mean,
0: their coach is still there. They have had tournament success. I remember they made it to the second round a few years ago. I mean... I don't understand. They use, And they've gotten guys in the draft before. So I, I don't understand personally. They have had other guys who have transferred to D1 school. I mean, not D1. Um, Power six schools. You said Storm Murphy saw him play this year at Virginia Tech. He did pretty well this year. I don't, know. I don't know. Maybe it's a culture thing.
1: I, 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 think a it's, I think it's more of the point guard thing. Like the, the two point, like they've had three straight point guards that were just uncommonly good. Like, mm-hmm. even going back to Carl Cochran, and then you Ryan Larson was good, but in comparison to the guys he had before him, he was nowhere near That's to me the matchup they were even able to explore even more than when Fletcher McGee was there with the point guard position. Fletcher McGee, good lord! <laughs> yeah,
0: uh, uh, I, I actually, we actually might take some time on this episode to talk about him. That, that guy, oh my, he's a shooter! Oh yeah. my lord, uh, some good memories with him. Did, I, I just want to confirm this real quickly before we get back on track. And I season. did he break the NCAA all-time record for three points made in a season? Is that?
1: Well, actually, this is kind of funny. Steph Curry held oh. holds the freshman record when he was at Davidson in the SoCon it was like one sixty-two, and so like Fletcher McGee has the career record for three pointers made in NCAA history. Both Ke- uh Jordan Lyons at Furman made 15 in one game, which is tied for the NCAA record for single games for threes made with Keith Vini, who played at Marshall when they were in the southern conference. So they, apparently they shoot the three pretty well in the SOCON over a bunch the- of snipers
0: down the mid Atlantic. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, it's just well, at it, first, it's the south, can't get that mixed up. Uh, I don't <laughs>
1: them. Uh, and
3: then it's, I mean, it's also one of the oldest leagues in the country, they got that too, and they.
1: Yeah, its it's, it's, it's shocking it's, that they haven't got it at large so
0: is North Carolina and south carolina the mid atlantic is that is that is that purely the south
1: <laughs> no I'm it would just be saying. more the Atlantic, eastern Atlantic.
0: i but... uh, I'm from Texas, so my my east coast specific geography might be a little bit off but i I always That's thought it was mid atlantic
2: you got you,
1: guys you from got there. the Atlantic part right i mean the yeah North they got there it's along the
0: Atlantic uh, <laughs> well, john's wrong unfortunate um <laughs> But I think another good question to ask is the team that's going to experience the most growth relative to where they finished last season and the team that finished the least, or it's going to have the most regression relative to where they finished last season. I've got my answers, but I'm curious to hear from uh, you guys. So, SoCon, John, why don't you start it off? What do you think your answers are be?
1: Well, I don't know if I'm concerned that it would be the, the team that would see the least amount of improvement or whatever, but – I'm a little concerned about East Tennessee state because um, that it's been a bizarre, what, like since Steve Forbes left, they've had two coaches, two different coaches. They've had the brewers leave and they, and really uh, to his credit, I thought Des Oliver did an outstanding job last year, having to clean up everything <laughs> that he had to clean up there and, and to be able to keep some of those guys on. And then Silas, a I think I tell you, how you pronounce it. I had to return to Nigeria, but because uh, you know, it, it, it's it's in a different country. His his family was struggling to to. Uh, I think his father or mother or something like were struggling to have find employment. So he had to go leave ETSU and go to work. Um, that real world uh, kind of deal, responsibility, and then you know this year they have Mohab Yasser. Uh, he was offered like a six fig- – he's he's going to get offered six figures to play basketball overseas. So it, it's a little bit similar to – I don't know if you guys remember when Lamont Paris took over at Chattanooga. Mm-hmm. Um, Dez Oliver has had a lot to <laughs> – he's had a lot of curveballs thrown so far in his time at Johnson City. Having said that, I think Jordan King having him back, I think he's one of the best shooters in the league, best scorers in the league. And then I think Jaden Seymour is a, is a budding star in the Southern conference from that the transfer in from Wichita state. I told a lot of people last year when he realizes how good he is, watch out.
0: <laughs> that's a, that's a very detailed assessment. That's, that's, that's an answer. I like uh, Nick, you got an answer.
3: Yeah. First of all, touching upon ETSU a bit. I mean, they're kind of on my shit list. I, what they did, uh, the coach before this current one. That was (laughs) an absolute tragedy. I mean, he had, he picked right up where Steve Forbes left off. They had an amazing season and they fired him because he had, his players uh, protested the national anthem. That should not happen at any level. That's ridiculous. But I, like I mentioned earlier, I think Western Carolina is on the rise. I think they'll finish in the middle of the league. I mean, nothing too crazy, but it's definitely better than last place. I think, there's a good chance that they could uh not play on the first day. And then, I mean, VMI, they're they're gonna be going down there in the, they were in the middle of the league last year. They did really well, went five hundred, mm. and now they lose everyone and they're gonna be a young program again. So All
0: right. Ethan, let's hear it.
2: I'm feeling Western Carolina will experience the most growth. I mean hard to sink lower than what they did, and I think that they can pick up a few random wins in the SOCON, and then they'll dominate their weaker or non-conference schedule. And then for Team Val regress the most, I just don't think Chattanooga compared, while they might still be top two conference, I, I think they regress compared to last year, and I think there's going to be a clear differential of what this past Chattanooga compared to this year's this
1: upcoming year's Chattanooga team. Yeah. I, it, it's going to be tougher. I think they'll be good. I just, I just, I I like Dalvin White, the kid they got from USC Upstate. I meant to mention him earlier. Uh-huh. He, he's a good, I think he's a good player. He's experienced and he can score. And then the, the guy they brought in from Houston Baptist is also a decent player. Christian Corsalt, I believe is how you pronounce it. And, um, so I, I, I agree about Chattanooga. Um, I think they'll be good. I just, I just don't, I just don't think it'll be their year, quite like it was last year.
0: All right. Well, I loved all those answers, and I think uh, that's all the time we have for today's episode. Um, I think we just did the most thorough detailing of the uh, SoCon in the history of anything <laughs> ever. So I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed you guys' commentary. Thank you, uh, SoCon John and Nick, for coming on. Nick. Two timer. Thank you so much, yeah. both of you. Um, hopefully, we can have you guys on again Love right to. before the season starts to go over the SOCON um, because we're going to have a lot to go over because the transfer portal never sleeps. Okay. And no, it some, these, some teams are going to have some changes. It never sleeps. So, we're going to have some changes by then, go over some conference previews. But um, yeah, thank you guys so much. And then, Ethan, what'd you guys, wouldn't you uh, mind talking about Match Bet one more time? And then we'll head on our merry ways.
2: Make sure you check out Matchbet in our Twitter bio at ATR Badness. Have some fun. And with that being said, we will see you next time.